0: Happy New Year, dear listeners! It's Clarity here, and welcome to the first 2023 episode of The British Whisper, the place to be to know which stories are making the headlines and learn the English you need. On the podcast website, thebritishwhisper.com, you can find a link to the web page with full transcript of each episode and its translation in Italian. Although you could be forgiven for thinking. As Sweden steps into the UAE's rotating presidency for the coming six months and Croatia finally joins both the Euro and the Schengen zone, that bar the calendar, nothing very much has changed. The first headlines of the year have sadly borne a depressing resemblance to many of those from 2022. After a summer that proved to be Western Europe's hottest on record, the continent has now experienced unprecedented winter warmth. At least eight countries recorded a hottest January day ever with temperatures up to 15 higher than usual. One scientist called it the most extreme weather event in European history. Needless to say, it did the continent's ski slopes no good at all. Russia's settlers war on Ukraine continued and February 24 is the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Internationally, the key question is just how much longer countries are willing to back Ukraine's struggle as the cost of living and energy crisis continues to bite. Will Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and US President Joe Biden keep pouring money into the conflict? Only time will tell. And there was a distinct sense of déjà vu as UN member states, despite promising to cooperate more after the first wave of the pandemic, struggle once more to come up with a coordinating response to the COVID-19 wave engulfing China. And January can be a bleak month for many people, especially with the countdown of all the tinsel Fool festivities. Guardian winter writer Christmas is one of those who suffers from the January blues. So, in an effort to overcome his winter's loath, he set out on a meaning mindful walk with Stacey McKenna Seed of Lancashire based company rewilding outdoor therapy. Stacy took a small grope for a short walk into a patch of woodland and showed them how to switch off their mental antennae for a few minutes and listen to the birds. Winter especially is an opportunity to go slowly. We spend days summer squeezing as much as we can out of the worm. Long days, dark days are a time to replenish, says Stacy. And I can't agree more. And on the good side a new scheme designed to boost health and well-being through connecting with nature will be offered for the first time in England following successful pilots in Scotland. The RSPB nature prescription scheme involves a conversation between a healthcare professional and a patient to explore ways of cultivating a lasting connection with nature. The Edinburgh pilot saw 335 patients, 69% of whom had mental health conditions, prescribed a calendar with a variety of native based activities to complete. These included hunting for fungi on city trees, watching birds for 5 minutes a day, and planting spring bulbs. 74% of patients felt that they had benefited from the prescription and 87% said that they would continue using it. Do you suffer from the January blues? Let me know by emailing me at thetobritishwhisper at write-me.com. You can click and read the articles, as always, in the links listed on the script of the episode. And, talking of more good news, a study at... Wisem Woods in Oxfordshire has found that mature trees and woodland are able to lock away around twice as much carbon as previously thought. The research, published in the Ecological Solution and Evidence Journal, used three-dimensional laser scanning to measure the volume and density of trees, which they could then use to deduce the proportion of carbon and water into the trunk and branches. Natural carbon sequestration through trees is an incredibly useful tool in fighting the climate crisis, particularly major trees, which can act as carbon stores for hundreds of years. Did you know that? It's almost impossible to avoid the saga of Prince Harry's book and TV on Harry's tell all memoir. Once Bear William writes the Times of London and, as I speak, the hashtags Shut Up Harry and Prince Harry is a Liar are trending on Twitter. I learned the hard way that Harry and Meghan isn't a subject that can be sensibly discussed on social media, no matter whose side you are on or if you are on no side at all. But Harry's constant whining doesn't seem to be winning over any new supporters. On the contrary, rather than making people feel more sorry for him, Harry is starting to actively put people off, with 44% of British adults now calling for him, and Meghan to be stripped of their Duke and Duchess of Sussex titles. Even the Mandela family are getting fed up with the couple's repeated outbursts. With the former South Africa president's granddaughter telling the Australian magazine, I don't believe he nor Meghan have ever properly met granddad. Maybe when Harry was young at Buckingham Palace, but they are using his quotation in a documentary to draw in people and make millions without the Mandela family benefiting from that. Well, Harry has ever right to promote his autobiography Spare, which is published on january tenth, in any way he chooses, and as a journalist I cannot possibly grumble at the amount of lucrative work his seemingly insatiable gaspassing is generating for royal commentators, like the ones you read on the newspapers I like. But does he realise he's only feathering the media's nest with all days? Can he be really so lacking in self unawareness that he fails to understand his popularity has now become inversely proportioned to the monarchy he is so vehemently criticizes. That the more he attacks the institution, the more popular the prince and princess of Wales seem to become? that the more unreasonable he is in his quest for revenge, the more reasonable the king appears for insisting he and Meghan are still welcome at the coronation. You would have thought that the couple would have grasped all this, and yet on and on it goes, prompting cries of enough already, even from those who previously championed them. If reports are to be believed that the book, ghostwritten by J.R. Moringer, is more critical of William and Kate than Charles and Camilla, then we once again expect the Whaley's royal approval rating to skyrocket. And where does all leave one's warm-hearted brotherly royal relations? Harry wants an apology. William wants an apology. Neither appears likely to get one. Reconciliation gets more remote with every cold-eyed comment to the likes of Tom Bradby and Anderson Cooper, the journalists who have interviewed uh, Harrys. And I can say that, as Jane Austen once wrote, what strange creators' brothers are. Prince Harry's book could be the beginning of the end for royals, warns Charles' biographer on The Guardian. So, can the royal family look forward to a happier 2023? Well, quite possibly. While they still face the spectre of Harry's autobiography's pair, being published on January 10th, I remember you again, there are reasons to be cheerful. All eyes will be on the coronation of King Charles on May 6th, which promises to be the royal set piece event of the year. As with the Platinum Jubilee and even Queen's Elizabeth's funeral, these sorts of grandiose displays of pomp and pageantry do seem to galvanise support for the monarchy. February will also see the UK host the Six Nations Rugby, so expect to see Prince William and Princess Anne at a stadium near you in UK. Trooping the colour is due to take place on June the 10th, marking the first time the King will preside over one of the most important events in his late Mother's calendar. The summer will also see high-profile royal appearances at events like Royal Ascot, the Order of the Garter Service and Wimbledon. And who knows, might we also hear the pitter-patter of more royal feet after Princess Beatrice and Eugenie both welcome babies in 2021? Only time will tell, but what's certain is going to be another bumper year for the royal family, and as ever, I'll be bringing you the latest on the royals, and of course spare, as soon as dayland <laughs> stay tuned to what is proving to be a groundhog day starts 2023 That brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always on the website, you can find the transcript of the podcast and its translation in Italian. If you enjoy my show, please subscribe on Spotify or Apple so you don't miss any other episode. And if you enjoy the podcast and you would like to help support, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. And if you can, a small donation via PayPal on the website. Even... A little contribution would mean a lot to support my expenses for the podcast publishing and a newspaper subscription. To stay up to date with the British Whisper, you can follow me on Instagram at the British Whisper and spread the word. You are welcome to share any feedback thoughts or ideas writing an email to the British Whisper at WriteMe.com. And I hope that you can take some valuable information from this episode and apply it to your English learning. And be sure to come back next week for a new episode. Wishing you all a prosperous new year.